Welcome to Dispatches, a short-form podcast from the old front line and me, military historian Paul Reed. Here we'll discuss visits across those pathways of the Great War, books you might want to read, talk through old photographs, documents and even maps from the period and chat about news from the battlefields. So let's get started. So hello and welcome to a new aspect of the Old Frontline podcast. This is what's called a short form podcast. So it's a much shorter podcast than the ones we put out on a regular basis. And I thought having moved recently and packed and unpacked that vast archive of First World War material that I've got, I realised that I had so many stories, potential stories that I could share with you through the old front line, but many of them were not really big enough to fill an entire main episode. So what we're going to do here is use that material, use those stories, and have some shorter podcasts, some of them only 15-20 minutes long, where we'll pick a book off the shelf and discuss that book. We'll open a photo album and I'll talk you through it and we'll discuss the history behind it. I'll glance across some trench maps and we'll discuss a bit about those. And then I'll take this short form podcast on its travels and we'll go out onto the battlefields and we'll visit places. And again, there are many places that I go to where there isn't enough there to talk for an hour, maybe, but there is for one of these. And we're going to call this new short-form podcast, this bolt-on, if you like, to the old front line, Dispatches, after the mentioned in Dispatches that many soldiers received for their bravery and conduct in those battlefields of the Great War. So let's start our first Dispatches with some news from the battlefields. Now you may have picked up on this on social media, but in the last week, there's been some interesting news from the Somme. A site called the Bout de Wallancourt has changed hands. Now, what and where is the Bout de Wallancourt? The Bout de Wallancourt is an old burial mound just astride the albert Bapome Road, that old Roman road that runs right through the middle of the 1916 Somme battlefields and extends from the town of Albert, which was behind first the French lines and then the British lines, right through the kind of centre of the Somme area and across where the German front lines were towards their town in their rear echelon, which was the town of Bapome. And in the final approach to Bapome, to the right of that road, as you're heading in that direction of the Somme advance of 1916, just beyond the village of Lassarre and close to the village of Wallancourt, is the Bout de Wallancourt this mound just astride that dead straight road and it's not a Roman burial mound I think it predates the Romans I don't think really anyone is entirely sure what period it dates back to but it was there on the maps and of course there on the landscape of the First World War as well now at the beginning of the Battle of the Somme it was way behind the German lines, so it was of no direct interest to the British who were going to make their advance through this 
area, although it would have lay in the path of British troops who were advancing on Bapaume in that early stage of the battle, because that was never to happen. But as the Somme crept across those battlefields in July and August and September of 1916, the front lines got closer and closer to these villages, and the Saar fell to British troops in October, and there in front of them, kind of led towards it along the line of an old railway, which you can see today as a good walking track, lined with trees. There on the rising ground in the final approach, that final approach to Bapaume, is this mound, the Butte. And in those final battles in October, when Scottish troops and South Africans were there, and then later men of the 50th Northumbrian Division served in this sector, and the ground changed hands on a regular basis. Roland Boys Bradford, who was then a Lieutenant Colonel commanding the 1st 9th Battalion of the Durham Light Infantry, he was in action between a farmstead called the Ocor Labay and the Butte in November 1916 and was awarded a Victoria Cross for his bravery. He would go on to be the youngest Brigadier General in the British Army in 1917 and die of his wounds in the Battle of Cambrai later that year, buried at Hermes. And despite all these attacks and despite the ground changing hands on a regular basis, the Butz remained in German hands until they withdrew from this area to the Hindenburg Line in 1917. And when the position was captured, a lot of the units that had fought there came up on top of that burial mound and they erected crosses, the Durham Line Infantry being one of them. And that wooden cross that once stood on the top of the Butz is now in Durham Cathedral. So there are some kind of connections to that aspect of the Great War here at home, if you like, as there are with so many pathways of the Great War along the old front line. With the German withdrawal to the Hindenburg line, the Butte and the old Somme battlefields were behind the British front line for quite a while until March of 1918, when in the Kaiserschlag, the German offensive of that period, they broke through and all this ground was retaken. And when the Germans came here and took the butt and found all those British memorials on it, they wanted to commemorate their troops. And a stone base was built and a wooden cross placed on it to remember the Kameraden, the comrades of the German forces who had died there too. And when I first came to the Somme battlefields, I read about the Butte de Warlencourt and... In that very first visit, when I walked this ground with my dad, it was just a little bit too far to walk to from Albert. But when we came back the following year in his car, we came up here to the Butte and I went up on the top of it. And that memorial was still there. Incredibly, it was still there. The base of the cross and even the cross itself, which was apparently replaced by the Germans in the Second World War, that replacement cross was now at a precarious kind of angle and falling into the undergrowth and alongside it was a newer memorial erected by Souvenir Francais which is a kind of a French equivalent to the British Legion and my old friend Andre Cuello who was the head of it at Arras he'd placed this memorial there to men of all nations who had fallen on this part of the battlefield in 1916. Now, the boot was all overgrown. You had to kind of struggle your way up the slopes and through the undergrowth. And at certain times of the year, particularly in the summer, it was almost impossible 
to find your way to the top. And even when you did, when you read in the contemporary accounts of the view that this position had and how it dominated and the Germans having that dominance, that was all lost really because of the undergrowth. You couldn't really get a sense of that. And then it appears in the 80s, when I was an early member of the Western Front Association, in those early years of going to meetings up in London and my local one in Sussex, we discovered that the Butts, the Butte, was under threat and there was talk of the nearby quarry being filled in by the Butte being levelled to create a new farmer's field. So John Giles and various other members of the Western Front Association, that First World War Remembrance and Historical Society that was established in 1980 and is still going to this day, they stepped in and they purchased the Butte de Wallencourt to preserve it. And uh, a fighting fund, if you like, was raised and people contributed money towards it. And then the site was cleared and opened up. And you had that view and it was safe and in the hands of an organisation that would look after it. Now things change and many years later a decision was made within the WFA, within the Western Front Association, to sell the Butte off to a former chairman Bob Patterson and Bob with property in France acquired the Butte in I think about 2018 and he further cleared the site and again made it more accessible this year alone for example thanks to him quite a few of our ledger battlefield groups have been there on our Somme offensive tour where we've looked at the Somme from beginning to end and that is an excellent place to finish that tour and there's information panels and all kinds of other stuff there and although it's not as frequently visited as let's say Loch Nagar the mine crater where the Battle of the Somme began on the 1st of July 1916 nevertheless it's a very impressive site to go to and all credit to Bob and all credit to the Western Front Association before him who've made that possible for us to visit sites like this but fate as fate often does has played a hand again and Bob has decided to pass on the ownership of the Butte de Wallencourt to a new team. And that new team comes from the Hawthorne Crater Association. Now, we've spoken to them on our podcast supporters meetings quite a few times. Terry Berry and Rick Smith are well known to many of you and they're worth following on social media, as is the Hawthorne Crater Association. And so what has happened is that Rick and Terry have stepped in and Bob has stepped back, and the Book of Wild Corps is now in safe hands again. And I can't obviously speak for them, but I think they've got a few things planned, and it means this important Battle of the Somme location is preserved. And it's interesting to kind of think about it, really, because there are so many sites like this. It's only the kind of tip of the iceberg when it comes to important locations on the Somme battlefields. The triple tambour mine craters at Freecourt comes to mind I every time I go there I kind of always fear that they'll be kind of leveled for a housing estate or something like that and they built a new road system in that area recently and, and that concerned me I mean these are places where people live where they work where generations of people have come since the great war and in many respects that's what the men who were fighting there in 1916 on the Somme that's what they were fighting to make possible for progress to move forward and to people live their lives again. But the landscape is not a museum. However, there are important aspects that of it that do need preserving. So I kind of think that this 
change in ownership of the Boot de Wallencourt prompts a kind of wider question really about what should and should not be preserved, how you fund that preservation. Does it come from a national funding level? Do many nations combine to ensure these sites are not lost? There's probably not a massive amount of interest at that kind of level for this. So is it left to us as enthusiasts, being passionate about the history of the Great War, to step in and try and do this ourselves? I mean, I I don't have all the answers to this, but I think it provokes quite a few questions in, in that respect. And it is important. I mean, we often talk about the landscape of the Great War on this podcast. So it's important to ensure that there is a landscape for us to go and visit and a landscape for future generations to see and understand and connect to that history of the First World War. So the book The Wild Encore, I think, really is a kind of microcosm of, of the wider issue right along these battlefields. It has to sit, the old world, the old history has to sit alongside the new world in a perfect partnership and kind of what that perfect partnership is, I wouldn't profess to know. And perhaps that's part of the kind of torch of remembrance that was held high by the early members of the Western Front Association and passed on since is perhaps being passed now to new generations who will see these things differently and perhaps look to different ways, uh, new media like social media to help mobilise people to get interested and passionate and take that remembrance forward. And the ownership of land and the use of that land and ensuring these sites are available for people to visit is all part of that story, I would guess. So when we visit the Butte de Wallencourt and we go up on the top and we get the view that the Germans had and look across that ground where so many units fought in 1916, just below it, towards Bapaume, is the Wallencourt Military Cemetery where there are many casualties from that October and November 1916 fighting. It's the first cemetery that you see when you come off the motorway from the Channel Coast, for example, when you come down to the Somme battlefields and you go round the town of Bapaume, get onto the Bapaume Albert Road. This is the first British cemetery Wallencourt that you see as you come in. I kind of always felt in my many years of visiting the Somme that that was the point in which you kind of realised you were back on the Somme when you saw those graves. And it's quite a big cemetery, that one. And so there is quite a lot to see here. And the ground with trench maps and with contemporary images, you can kind of see and understand a lot of this part of the Somme landscape. So kind of what I hope with these dispatches episodes, and this being the first one, is to talk about some of these things and prompts you perhaps to visit these locations along the old front line and get out there on the ground and also I hope as well this one considering the nature of what preservation means and what ownership of battlefield sites means prompts you perhaps to think about that subject as well and it'd be good to hear your thoughts on this on social media in the usual places like Twitter and Facebook. So That's our first dispatches, and another one coming soon, here on the Old Front Line. You've been listening to an episode of the Old Front Line with me, military historian Paul Reid. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Somcore. You can follow the podcast at Old Frontline Pod. Check out the website at oldfrontline.co.uk where you'll find lots of podcast extras and photographs and links to books that are mentioned in the podcast. And if you feel like supporting us, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash oldfrontline, or support us on Buy Me A Coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash oldfrontline. Links to all of these are on our website. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon.